This is Jimmy Bradshaw. How are you? I am thankful and grateful that you have come to find yourself here online with us this morning. I'm excited about what's going on in our world, good and bad, and I'm excited most of all that we're doing it together because you know that's one of the most important things that we can do is to do life together. You know, I tell people all the time, Sherry and I have been in church uh, right near 45 years, and I've been through thousands of church services, and you know what I remember most out of all those services were the people. Not necessarily the messages or the sermons, but not that that's bad, I'm not saying that's bad, but just the relationships and the people that we've built. One of my first impressions of music after I got saved was by a guy who lives here, who used to live, he just moved, he just, he just used to live here in Kansas City. It's a guy by the name of Paul Clark. And I've shared this song before, but it's really appropriate for uh, the message or the thoughts that I'm going to share with you this morning. Paul was uh, <coughs> one of the founders of contemporary Christian music, one of the first guys to kind of step out and say, hey, I love to play music and I love Jesus, so why don't we put those things together? And he has a great expression. And this song is about the uniqueness of God and of each of us, called Straight River. From the coast or the plains Up and down and all around God's finger never carves them all the same So why do some people and some preachers on TV Try to sell the world that God's so straight and neat Well the sun, the sky, every morning well, it never looks the same from day to day Oh, could this be a lesson or a warning The power of our God cannot be tamed Beyond every star in creation 
And beyond every thought that one could dream Oh, it takes a divine imagination To build a plan for man to be redeemed He's the star of his creation In that garden he took a spill So he sent his son to die on Calvary's hill straight river well we're in the middle of a series that uh, I'm calling three things or the three dominant spirits of our time I'm sure there's more than three but my simple mind can only <laughs> handle three at a time and we've been talking about fear division and distraction and so far we've talked about fear although not an exhaustive uh, commentary on fear let enough to, yet enough to know that God is not in the fear. You know I think about Elisha on the mountain, Elijah on the mountain and Elisha waiting for him to be the heir apparent of uh, the ministry of the prophet and there was all these things you know there was lightning and the mountains were shaken and thunder and earthquakes and all of these things, but then God came in the still, small voice. And that's what we're after. If we listen to the loudness of our time, we're going to get caught up in some things that are just going to ultimately distract us. We'll talk about that later. But today, I want to talk about division. And division is something that is... I don't know. It's kind of like fear. You know, we have the good kind of fear that warns us if we're in trouble so that we can either fight or flight. You know, we can either fight or run. And we have this thing that, you know, this thing that's division. And sometimes division is good and sometimes it isn't. We see it, though, however, played out ever so vividly on our news channels because the spirit that's driving that is trying to drive us to divide. And as long as we continue to fight with each other, then 
they will be able to implement or distract us long enough so that they can do whatever they're going to do. And I'm talking about, not necessarily talking about politically, I'm talking about in the church, I'm talking about whatever. We have to identify the reality of this thing that has come to divide us. And one of the things, I want to start with the church, you know. Judgment first begins at the house of God. I want to start with the church. And there has always, in my lifetime, and the 45 years that Sherry and I have been going to church, there's always been this oh, kind of lingering thing saying, hey, you're not enough as the church unless y'all unite. And y'all come together and y'all have this unity of the faith, you know, that whole thing. And I'll talk about that whole scripture passage in a minute. And what I've seen out of those things are not necessarily good. Ephesians 4.13 says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now this tells us that we're coming to this goal that is the knowledge, and that word knowledge is not intellectual knowledge. That's like the whole man. It's like when God talks about us teaching and training our children, disciplining our children, it means the entire educational process. It's not just part of it, because there's a lot of knowledge of God, but yet that knowledge is not necessarily equated into experience. And that's what God intends for us and always has intended for us to have is this experience with God in our hearts and in our lives. That's, you know, it's represented in Genesis. Of course, you know I'm going to go to Genesis because God is coming to work with the man. He's coming to be with the man and the woman. He's hanging out. He's, you know, I always get that picture of Genesis where it says that God comes in the cool of the day. I don't know if Adam had a porch, but that would be the place where I would envision that scripture coming to pass, that God loves to just come sit on the porch in a rocking chair with a, you know, with a mason jar mug of sweet tea and just hang out. But it, it says here that we're coming to this goal, and that goal is the knowledge of the Son of God. Not that we conform or have this unity that conforms us all to look alike, be alike, sing the same songs, tell the same jokes. And I have seen that so many times. But that we all reflect Jesus, his knowledge, how, his, how the awareness of him in our lives have affected us. And that's where the cool part happens because we get out of the confines of the local church, not against the local church. I'm on, I'm on board of directors of a few different churches and I'm all in about that kind of stuff. But unless we are able to take the things that we experience inside of the four walls of the church into our living room, out into the streets, we're missing something. 
because then it's just an intellectual pursuit. It's just knowledge and it's not experience. And the power of God is what we are to experience. And the first place that we're going to see that manifested in our home. But this false unity movement, every time that I've seen that happen or a church that's very popular or very, you know, and I'm not against any of those things. I am a pro-church growth guy. Let's make that very plain. But I have seen this thing always rise up, not necessarily from the leadership, but from the people. And that is this air of superiority. Well, we have this thing together. We have all, you know, we got this stuff. And if you want to have the real deal, then you have to come and join us. I've seen it several times in many different manifestations. And every time I've seen it, except for one, I have always said, leave me alone, get away from me. I don't want any part of that arrogant spirit that says you are better than me. Because if you really look at it, and, and I got a big chunk of scripture here I want to, re, I want to read. You know, the revelation of Jesus is a worldwide available phenomenon, and it's going to have different expressions. 1 Corinthians 12, 20 through 26 says this, But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which it lacks, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. That word schism there means division. So Paul here is writing and he's saying, look, these things happen so that there would be no division in the body. Why? So that we as members could have the same care for each other, the same value for each other. Now, one of the things in these, this division or this false, I call it false unity movement, is that it's important to understand that Israel was tribal. And I, can't, I can remember when I came to that understanding, it's like, wait a minute, Israel was tribal and it was okay with God. God was all about the 12 tribes of Israel and all of them were unique, different. They wanted to live in different places. Their approach to life was different. Some of them were farmers, some of them weren't. All of these things that happened, but they happened all 
in the sight of God and God was okay with it. So it's okay that we have individual expressions and those expressions are unique and different from each other. That's why I am so pro-creativity in that if you have a unique gift, that gift should be expressed and received with other members of the body with the same type of honor. But we have this whole, you know, and this is predominant in everything that we do in life here on planet Earth. We have this whole popularity, this personality-driven, you know, personality-driven leadership, politics, all of these things. And I know that when God calls, he calls a man. And, you know, the cliche is God calls a man, that man produces a movement. I understand all of these things, but in that, that doesn't mean that we all should conform to that particular movement. It's like, because what happens is, is that is feeding the essence of what we think that we lack. And God is not the God of lack. God is the God of abundance. That's, you know, the earth witnesses that in every aspect of it. Those people that are saying we're going to run out of resources, all of these things here on planet earth, they really don't understand that God is the God of abundance. And so a lot of these movements inside of the church are driven, not, I don't think it's intentionally, I think it's just the manifestation of what's in a lot of people's hearts that says, I have to be like this or I am lacking. And what that does is it squelches creativity. I was watching earlier and uh, Rick and Kathy Holman were on here and Kathy is this creative artist, all of these things. And it's phenomenal because she has used her creativity to express the reality of the experience that she's had, not just with Jesus, but in life. And that is so critical. And so our, the way that, we, that these things manifest are going to be different from each other. It's like my uniqueness in what I do is different than Paul Clark's uniqueness in what he does. I can't do what Paul does and Paul can't do what I do. But we bring all of that together into the knowledge of Jesus compute communicating the reality of that knowledge of Jesus. Now, because we are unique, the way that God created us, we're all unique. And I always have to throw this in here. That doesn't mean that you get to be some kind of weirdo. It doesn't mean that you can, you know, you have the, you know, I've seen this in my lifetime uh, in church that, you know, it's like there's these weird manifestations and people call it, you know, their unique gift. And I'm like, well, if you can't take that out into 
the into you know the city, the population, let's say the street, and people really understand it, then there's something missing. Jesus gave us this model and this demonstration of how creative he was in communicating the realities of his experience with the Father. And when he's teaching people, he's going, oh, look at that bird. You know, God closed that bird and he, and he cares about you. He was able to take just the common things that people were experiencing, could see, could relate to, and absolutely communicate the truth of God. And so in all of our creativity, that is the reality of it. It's like, if it just works in church, I question the reality of it. Because if it doesn't work, you know, Jesus, Mark 12, 37, is one of my life verses. It's a little commentary at the end of the verse on Jesus' ministry. And it says this, And the common people heard him gladly. So what does that have to do with division? Well, I've seen a lot of these schisms in the church. You know, like for instance, uh, back in the 80s, 90s, early 90s, uh, well, I guess it was the 90s, mid-90s, there was this thing that became known as the Toronto Blessing or the Laughing Revival when people were just getting together and just laughing. And I'm all for laughing, you know? I mean, if, if I, you know, it's like I'm a blues guy and I'm a happy blues guy because the joy of the Lord is my strength and I'm all for it. But it was just so strange what was going on that if you brought somebody from outside of that culture in, they wouldn't know what was happening. And so it created this, you know, it's like, if you're not part of this, then you're not part of what's happening now. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, let me get on with it. And so that division that happens among us can't be that which divides us from the reality that we are all in this communicating the reality of who Jesus is in us and how he is reflected from us. And so, and it happens in a way, like I said, Israel was tribal, it was okay with God. So we have all these different expressions of our experiences with the Lord and yet we want to, you know, we buy into this false unity that says, hey, if you don't come into to this, what happening right now, and if you don't have this expression, then you're not, you're not really part of the deal. And to me, it's like, I, I like, you know, Sherry, she gets really upset about that stuff. I'll drag her into this. But I just wanted to, you know, share this, and I'm going to go into, um, ethnicity, the division that's being forced upon us that they're calling racism. And I, you know, I'll get into that in detail. I'm not going to get into it right now. 
all of, I want to get into all of that, and then I want to get into the division that's being caused by uh, government, and that happen is happening around the world. But I'm not going to do that today because I've been on here long enough. So I want you to take this with you. I want you to be free to discover your uniqueness and how you can express those things to the world around you. Some of, you know, I suppressed that in my life uh, for 20 years. And, um, and it was all, you know, it was all worked out fine. I mean, you, I can blame it on God and say, well, it was God's timing in my life. And that's really not true. But I suppressed my creativity to conform to an image that wasn't necessarily God it might, you know, it wasn't necessarily God in my life and in my heart. God created us all unique, and he wanted us to be a unique expression of who he is in us, expressing the image of Christ from our lives. But I spent 20 years suppressing what I do right now because religion told me, son, you can't play that devil music no more. And so in order for me to be at a position where I felt like I was going to be pleasing to God, not knowing that I was because of my faith in Christ, so it was that whole cycle of lack. I lack this, so I have to do this. That's the temptation from, <clears throat> that's the temptation that caused the fall of man. You lack, so you must do, rather than, you are, so now you can be. And that was worth quoting right there. That's a, a tweetable moment from the Rev. But I suppressed that, and, and then it was hard for me to overcome it. Why? Because of the fear. Because of the fear of rejection of my peers and the group that I was involved in. And so I, I suppressed it. And then eventually I couldn't live with myself anymore. And this whole thing was just bubbling up out of my heart. And it was, you know, that 20 years was not wasted. I learned a lot of things. I raised my kids. I learned how to be a husband. I learned how to work. All of the things, all of the life tools that I needed. And so I, you know, I, but the point is, is that we can't force each other into this religious mold and say, if you don't look like this, if you don't sing these songs, if you don't have this common expression, then we're not united. That's a bunch of nonsense. God loves expression. Lester Summerall, and I quit, who was a great missionary, statesman, pastor, wrote in one of his books, I believe it was Demons, the Answer Book, and I don't necessarily agree with that book, but there was, an, there was a quote in there that impacted my life. And he said this, quote, The suppression of human expression is demonic. God created us to be expressive and creative in reflecting his creative character and nature. And he does not want that expression suppressed. He wants to take that expression of our creativity and use it. And it should not be something that divides us 
because we don't fit into the mold of what is currently popular or what is currently the new hot thing. It's that we be honest and sincere to express the reality of all that God has made us to be in Christ. And that's some good stuff right there. I should write a book just on that. But anyway, I wanted to share this message with you as a means of update. Uh, Sherry is doing much better over her COVID. <coughs> Our friends, Pastor Philip and Susan O'Reilly, are coming out of it. Philip had a real bad case of COVID, not hospitalized, but a real bad case of that. And um, we just had uh, our friend Jim Peters' memorial service was yesterday, and we weren't able to be in Florida to be a part of that. But we were able, I think it was in Florida, it was either in Florida or Indiana, but we were, I was able to contribute to that and do a video and uh, play party going on. There's a party going on. Because if you knew Jim at all, Jim was uh, uh, a comedian, a great missionary, and uh, he was uh, definitely a unique expression of the character of his experience with God. Uh, the last time that we flew into Orlando to see Jim and Sonny, uh, they came and picked us up at the airport, and Jim gets out of the car and politely takes off his shirt and picks us up shirtless, and it was absolutely disgusting. But I was able to communicate and to share uh, and be part of that service. It's just so, um, so sad. And, you know, the funeral theology is some of the worst stuff, you know, it's like, one of the worst things I hate about funerals is when somebody says, God took him. Well, I understand the intention. And yes, God did receive him, but God wasn't, that would make God, it's like, well, I'm going to kill this guy and y'all are going to suffer and you got to be cool with that. It's like, no, we live on a broken planet. And because of that, we are broken and our world is broken, and uh, we get sick and die. And there's a day coming when all that's going to be blown away, and we're going to have a new earth, and we're going to be able to inhabit that. And Jesus is going to establish his government, which will be fair and just, and the hallmark of it will be peace. And I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, um, so we did, because of Sherry having COVID, cancel our trip to the East Coast. I was supposed to be preaching this morning uh, at a church, at Life Discovery Church, and I think it's McSherry Town, Pennsylvania. And we had to cancel. I canceled that trip. I didn't have to cancel that trip, but I wasn't going without Sherry, and Sherry wasn't up to going when we needed to leave two weeks ago. Uh, besides that, we got a bunch of stuff coming up in November. I'm going to be at Cornerstone Church in Blue Springs, Missouri. I'm also going to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, with my friend, our friend, our friends Mark and Deanna Gunger. And uh, I don't know, there's some other stuff going on too. It's all on the website. And by the way, you can you don't have to stream this just on Facebook. 
It's also on YouTube and also on the website. I'm going to shut up. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for loving us, for caring for us. Thank you that you created us to be united in Christ and to express our uniqueness as we experience the reality of your love and power in our life. Help us to be fearless in our expression. Help us to connect to people and to walk in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday night. Adios.